doesn't get too heavy in that relationship stuff that like Awakening and um, Fates introduced to the series. Yeah. Um, there is like a, there. I mean, there's romance aspects, but they're not nearly as upfront. It's more about the story. Plus, it has so many different roots, different characters, a lot of like persona-ish elements oh. too, like the whole like walking around the school and interacting with people. Um, the music's amazing. The gameplay's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I love the main character, Byleth. Like, everything about this game is, is, like, perfect. It's a great tactical RPG. Honestly, it's probably... It's by far my favorite Fire Emblem of all time. And that might be a controversial take. Yeah, but it's your take. So this one would definitely be higher. I want to wait till we get to a later entry on this series because I think I'd swap them around. Oh, okay. Um, on this list. But Three Houses was... It, definitely one of my favorites and I'd still keep it in this list <laughs> and moving on okay this one's probably a bit of a controversial hey guys I'm Bill also known as the Barbecue Games on Instagram and I'm Alex his sister who brings only chaos and together we are the Gaming and Collecting Podcast, a mostly video game-centered podcast. But half the time, we just talk about anime. <laughs> and that collecting thing, well, that's mostly just an implication at best. So come along and enjoy us on this adventure. As we discuss the games that shaped us. So, how you been? Okay. So it's been a day since we last recorded. Yep. In our little recording rendezvous where we're hanging out. Yeah. Um. So yeah, not much happened in between other than Alex has severe road rage. No, it's not road rage. So yesterday, like, I just felt like shit all yesterday. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I just. Like, my stomach was just upset all day. So I just wasn't... So everything was just making me angry. <laughs> so we were trying to go... We So for dinner, we literally tried to go to three different places. And we, we gave up and just went to Red Robin. Um, <laughs> yeah. But first we tried to go to this place that's down the street from my apartment. And it just has the worst parking lot that's ever been designed. So, we tried to park into a spot, and I was literally like, I can't do this. I'm stuck. Like, yeah, it was, it's so it. tightly cramped that it's like, you have to be like a master. Like, the only spots that were left were like the ones that were such a pain in the ass to get into that like nobody wanted them. Yeah. So, we went that, and then I was like road raging. I was like, fuck it. I hate this place. I hate this place sucks. Blah, 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 blah. So, I was getting all angry. And uh, I drove over a curb because I didn't even realize that it was, like, two separate places. But, whoops. Um, so, then we leave, and then we go, and I'm like, oh, you want to go to the 99? But I was like, oh, what's the 99? So, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, then <laughs> we tried going to the other place that we go to a bunch. And we get there, and it's, like, crowded. Oh, it was, like, it was it was beyond crowded. Like, well, the it was... parking lot was crowded, but there were spots left. And we were like, all right, maybe it's not that bad. And then you get inside, inside and it's, it's freaking packed to the it's door. It's packed. So we tried to sit at the bar. No place to sit at the bar. So we are like, fuck it. Let's go somewhere else. So we go out to the car, and we just start searching. And we're like, all right, let's, let's drive over here. So we drive, and we're going 
you're like, oh, there's a TGI Fridays. I was like, okay, we'll go there. So we go to, we try to go there, and we're like, oh, there's a Red Robin. No, we were, we, the TGI was like across the street, and it would have been yeah. more work to go to. And then I looked over and saw there was a Red Robin just chilling. I'm like, fuck it, just eat there. <laughs> so then we go to Red Robin, and at this point, I'm just so frustrated. I'm like, give me a drink. Oh, yeah. You have the strongest drink you have. Yeah, and you got this, like, rum thing, and you were like, I got- you were like, this is too much rum. <laughs> well, no, it's not that it's like too much. I mean, it was a balanced drink. It was pretty good. But it was just like, I was just feeling it. I haven't had rum in a while. I like, I think the last time I had rum was like college, <laughs> to be honest. I mostly drink vodka or gin now. So I haven't had rum in so long. And uh, yeah, I was feeling it yesterday. I was yeah. like, oh my God. And then our waitress was very happy. <laughs> Yeah, our waitress was so happy to the point of, like... It was kind of scary. Yeah, it was like she had a gun against her head. Like, she was not chipper enough. Like, they'd like be like, you're fired, get out. So yeah. it was slightly scary. I mean, she was nice, but, like... We gave her a decent tip, but it was it still, It was like, very, like, the, like, robot, like, kindness. Like, I was waiting for her head to go, like... Eh, just, like, her Terminator all of a sudden. Like, Is like, your order good enough? Like, you know, like, when Monica starts glitching out... In, oh, in a Doki I was waiting for that to start happening. I was waiting for it to start glitching. <laughs> so that was funny. Yeah. Yeah, so that was our after. after oh, and they guess. didn't have onion rings. <laughs> oh, yeah, Which is like the staple of Red Robin. You go there and Alex you wanted get our tower. tower of onion rings, and they were like, we're sorry, we're out. But then we got the, <laughs> but then we got the fried pick. <laughs> oh, I'm joking. Then we got the fried pick. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you good? Yeah, I was like, I well, I, I drank some of my coffee, and then I went, ugh, and then I started choking. Yeah, well, and then we got the fried pickles, though, and those were... <coughs> I'm so sorry. I'm good. I'm good now. Great. Yeah, the fried pickles were actually pretty good. The, whatever batter they used was, like, nicely seasoned, mm-hmm. um, so they were pretty good. I'd recommend. Yeah. But Red Robin was good. Oh, and we ate fudge. <laughs> yeah, the fudge Alex bought it. Big wide. It just looked so good. You know, like when you buy things and you're just like, oh, I don't need this, but I really want it. So we got it. You picked it up and put it down like four times. You're like, I want the fudge. No, no, no. I'm like, just buy the freaking fudge. <laughs> you clearly want it. It was really good. Well, it was funny. I was telling Bill about how, like, the last time I had fudge, it was from um, Stu Leonard's. And Stu Leonard's is amazing, but their fudge is, like, garbage. They have garbage <laughs> fudge. Like, you know, fudge is supposed to, like, it's supposed to, like, melt in your mouth. <laughs> And it's like supposed to be delicious. And their fudge at Stu Laren's is like taffy. It is bad. Alex fudge. gets very particular about her fudge. Well, if you're gonna get fudge, you want it to be delicious. And that wasn't delicious, but the one at Big Bob was delicious. Really good. Especially the peanut butter one. Mm. But, anyways, uh, that was my rant. Yep. I was super angry yesterday. <laughs> I was full of rage, but now I am calm. We had nice. Morning Meal. so far. And Alex played Stardew Valley after and had a yeah, great time. Yeah, I did. I played Stardew Valley while I was drunk and I played it for two hours without even realizing it. Yep. <laughs> and Bill was like, you know, it's been this long. And I was like, what? So. But that's why, because it's actually like noon right now when mm-hmm. we're recording, so we're drinking coffee. Coffee from our favorite place. I got an iced white mocha. I drink it black. <laughs> I have to say, this one, much better than yesterday's. I don't know why. Because you're just in a better mood today. I am. I'm in a much better mood. Yesterday was just in not a great mood. Yeah. But anyways, moving on now. Uh, For our topic for this episode. So this one is a bit interesting. Um, 
So around 2020, before we started the podcast, um, I was very heavily trying to like push my blog on uh, Instagram, The Barber Games. And I was trying to do more, like, well-designed, like, content, even though I realized that stuff doesn't really work on Instagram, so I kind of abandoned it after this <laughs> experiment. <laughs> but one of the things I tried was I did a top 20 RPG countdown list. And I remember at the time I, I put so much work in. You can actually see a lot of the, uh, if you if you go and look at it, you can see a lot of the uh, early influence of what would become our branding style for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, with the emojis and stuff. That in our space background. That was actually the first appearance of our space background that we use. Mm. But, um, yeah, so I did this top 20 list. And my whole reasoning for doing a top 20 list is a top 20 list is much easier to figure, think of than a top 10 list. Yeah. And when it comes to, like, RPGs, my, my opinions kind of shift mm. around at times. And I may, may or may not change my opinion. So I thought it would be kind of cool if we go back and just kind of look at this list. And I, I'd like to critique it for everybody. Yeah, I'll see if, like, anything has changed over time. Yeah, or... and also like to get Alex's opinions, because maybe she'll be interested in trying some of these wonderful th- titles. Yeah! But anyways, so, starting now from number 20, my top 20 favorite RPG was... Top 20! <laughs> Sorry, you said it funny! My top 20 favorite RPG of all time is Tales of Graces F, for the PlayStation 3, which was released in 2010. So the Tale series, I guess for backstory, the Tale series is a very love it or hated RPG franchise. Okay. Like the games are super, they're fun, very RPG-esque, very anime-esque, but they're also very cliche at times. Like they have a lot of recurring tropes that are very common in like anime and RPGs. Mm-hmm. Um, but the games are really fun to play. Like they're like actionish RPGs. They're, they're kind of like a cross between an action RPG and a turn-based RPG in, a, yep. in terms of design. And you can also play the multiplayer, which is kind of neat. But the series overall, like I've played most of the games in the series, and there's only a few that have come back to me like over time. And Graces is probably my uh, second favorite in the series. That's why I put it at top twenty. It's, I know it's not the top most favorite game in the series, because a lot of people are attracted to, like, Symphonia, or Vesperia in particular. Uh, Graces, though, I kind of liked its um, coming-of-age story, and its fun characters, and kind of, like, the whole... It's graphical style, and it had a very unique battle system for the time, mm-hmm. compared to the rest of the series. So, honestly, top 20... This one, I think, is probably fine where it is, hmm. I'd say. Okay. It's not too high, and it's not too low. It's probably exactly where i keep it. Alright, so you think, like, this one, like, your opinion hasn't really changed? No, I'd keep Grace's exactly where it is. Okay. Interesting. Now, moving on. Okay, so, at the time I made this list, I was very... This game was very new to me still, because I had only recently acquired it, like, the year before, or two years before. Yep. Uh, So, this one is Clodelka, which is the predecessor, like, it's basically the prequel to... The Shadow Hearts series. Okay. And just in case anyone wants to follow along, you can just. Uh, you might have to go back a bit on my blog, but um, you can easily find the, this list. Um, it's it's back around the 2020s. The easiest way would probably be just search hashtag the Barber Who Games, and you can find it in that hashtag because like that's where I keep all my like designed like stuff I've made. Yep. But anyways, so Clodelka. Clodelka. Um, 
Cladelka is a game that I discovered like couple like back in 2018-ish. And I had picked up on a whim. And Clodelka is one of probably the most interesting, underappreciated RPGs on the entire PlayStation, in my opinion. Okay. Because it is very much... It is like a combination of survival horror, mm-hmm. like Resident Evil, Silent Hill-style survival horror. Yep. And an RP, a turn-based RPG. Because the game has a very, like, gothic, like, horror as like atmosphere to it, like... And you, it controls similar, like, you kind of go around the pre-rendered backgrounds and stuff, and there's, like, it, it's got that very, like, dark atmosphere and, like, jump scare. Well, not really jump scary, but kind of, like, you're always on edge when you're walking around. But the battle system is actually really interesting, because it's, like, kind of, like, strategic, but it's still turn-based, and the music's phenomenal. It's the, it's, it was actually, the director of the game, I believe, was also the, uh, and composer, was also the composer who did, like, Secret of Mana on the oh, Super yeah. Nintendo. So it's got a very unique style overall. Mm. The problem is, though, this game is very obscure and also very, very expensive these days. Oh, okay. How much is it nowadays? It's it. Last I checked, it was like around the three hundred area. Oh, wow. Like probably in that high two hundreds to three hundred, almost four hundred sometimes. So I'm guessing this is kind of one of those games that was like it wasn't very popular when it first came out, but now it's kind of like a cult classic. Yeah, like kinda. if you played it. Now, a lot of people are like, ooh, I want it. I want the problem it. is there was a ton of um, a ton of RPGs on the PS1, especially mm-hmm. towards the end of its life. Wow. So, ni- at 19, so, the, ni- yeah, this was 99, by the way. So, this was a late PS1 oh, wow. title. Um, it's crazy. We were how old? I was four. You were <laughs> three. Three. <laughs> Jesus. There's a reason I missed this one. Yeah. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, because it rated M. Yeah, that was never Yeah, I don't think Mom would have gotten that for you at three years old. (laughs) Now, at number 19, I'd actually... I don't know where it would be, but I'd actually move this one up a bit. Oh, okay. Probably, I'd say maybe around like the 16-ish, because I've actually really come to adore this game over time. Wow. But moving on now, now we get... Okay, so here's another interesting one. Yep. So 2020... So this list was made 2020. Yep. Um... Number 18, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, for the Switch in 2019. So, here's my thing. When this when I made this list, I had just started playing Three Houses. Oh, okay. And I really liked Three Houses when I was playing it at the time. Yep. But I hadn't finished it yet, so I kind of threw it on the list as an honorable mention. Yeah. At 18. Hindsight, I adore this game. Oh, you really like? like I thought you were gonna be like, I hate no, 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 this no, no. game. Three Houses <laughs> has honestly—it's honestly my favorite game in the series oh, wow. at this point. Just I love the characters, I love the world. It it doesn't get too heavy in that relationship stuff that like Awakening and um, Fates introduced okay. to the series. Yeah. Um, there is like a, there. I mean, there's romance aspects, but they're not nearly as upfront. It's more about the story. Plus, it has so many different roots, different characters, a lot of like Persona-ish elements oh, too, okay. like the whole like walking around the school and interacting with people mm. um the music's amazing the gameplay's phenomenal yeah um i love the main character Byleth. Mm. like everything about this game is is like perfect it's a great tactical rpg honestly it's probably it's by far my favorite fire emblem of all time and mm. that might be a controversial take yeah <laughs> but it's your take so this one would definitely be higher i want to wait till we get to a later entry on this series because i think i'd swap them around oh okay um, on this list, but Three Houses was 
it, definitely one of my favorites, and I'd still keep it in this list. <laughs> now, moving on. Okay. This one's probably a bit of a controversial take. Oh, Final <laughs> Fantasy. <laughs> so, Final Fantasy VII. I feel like just the words Final and Fantasy well, not being in, like, your top one. There's only two me. There's only two Final Fantasies on this list, I will say. Oh, done. <laughs> and the other one's even more done. controversial <laughs> for where it is. But, um, so seven, uh, hot take, this would, I'd take this off the list. Oh, entirely. really? I threw seven on here Dang, just... Dang, to appease the fans? Kinda, at the time. <laughs> I was a little little worried there. But now you just don't care. Well, no, I, lo- I love... Oh, no, no, there's three Final Fantasies on this list. Okay. I should, I should correct that. Um, we'll get to that, though. Um, yeah, so seven I threw on the list kinda to appease the fans. But in reality, I love seven. But it's not that good. Like, it is... It's a great game overall, but it's it's aged. It's not perfect, like people say. Yep. I, I had a lot of love for it when I played it. I mean, because one of the reasons I got into RPGs was I saw a friend playing 7 back in the day. Yeah. And my problem, my only problem with 7 is it's... It's, it's weird, because it's a great game. Hmm. I just don't think it's as great as people say. So at 17, I'd, I'd probably... It'd be below 20, in my opinion. Wow. Bill's about to get some hate. No, because no, it's not a contra- It's not really a controversial take that Seven's not a perfect game. Oh, okay. Uh, it's just the fact that I had it on the list at all, honestly. Yeah, you think like looking back that you kind of did it more to. I did it more to appease. Uh, appease I, I was, the fans. Not really appease. I was more like. Uh, I don't want the Final Fantasy. Pa- pandering. That's yeah. what it was. I was pandering a bit. Oh, okay. Because I thought my list actually would reach people at the time. Yeah, I mean, you got a good amount of likes on it, so... Yeah, to a degree. Um, and then moving on to number 16. <laughs> this list is very PlayStation heavy, I will admit. Yeah. Uh, 16. But, I mean, you're a little biased because that's what you grew up with. So, you know, it's kind of understandable. Yeah. You know, because that's just what you had. Yeah. So, number 16 is The Legend of Dragoon. This might also be somewhat of a controversial take because this game, this game has an ad- ad- adoring fan base, but there's also a good amount of people who think it's overrated. Oh, okay. Are the, you one of those people? No, I like the game. Like, oh, okay. You'll notice in the picture, it's I have a greatest hits copy. Mm-hmm. That's my original copy I've had for years. <laughs> oh, wow. It's one of the only greatest hits RPGs I have left. <laughs> but I have such an attachment to this game, like just for nostalgia wise, that I don't want to replace my greatest hits copy. Oh. Um. But yeah, so Legend of Dragoon is a really solid RPG. Honestly, in hindsight, I this one was more nostalgia based. Like, yeah. so, so what this list really should be. It was on the list for a reason, but nowadays, honestly, I'd probably maybe lower. Honestly, actually, this one I'd probably put at twenty. Twenty. And I'd bump Grace's up maybe one. Oh, okay. I mean, the game itself is fine. It has a cool story. Um, it's very Final Fantasy esque graphic wise. Um, but overall, it's, I won't say it's a masterpiece by any means. Like, some, oh, yeah. like it's not what I consider a masterpiece. That's why it, this lower section of the, of the list is very, probably where I, th- I knew a lot of change was going to go. Mm. So honestly, yeah, I'm going to move this one probably to 20-ish. Yep. But anyways, now moving on, now we get to 15 through 11. Yep. So... Oh, I see. Oh, okay, yeah, this this is also can date this list a little bit. Uh, is um, this one one you're going to move up or move down? I don't know yet. So, 
number 15 is Persona 5 Royal. Oh, so, Royal. Okay. Yeah. Um, Do you have Persona 5 separate on this list? No. I, okay. Royal just replaced 5, basically. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. All right, I wasn't sure. So I literally made this list right around the time Persona 5 Royal came out, and I was on such a Persona 5 high at the time Yeah. that I probably threw it at 15 to appease, or just because <laughs> of that. Yep. Now, here's the thing, though, about Persona 5 Royal. I really do like the game. Like, I think the game is phenomenal. Like, mm-hmm. Persona 5 is a great game. Now that we've kind of, like, uh, other like, a couple of years have gone by, I'm not sure if I'd keep it at 15. I might lower, drop it down a bit, maybe to around the 17, 16 area. Oh, okay. The thing about Persona 5 is, te- from a technological ex- standpoint, like... It's su- much superior than its predecessors in terms of gameplay and design. Mm-hmm. Story-wise, I love the story. I love the characters. But I, it, the more you look at the story, the more it kind of falls apart. Oh, okay. In my opinion. It's like... Granted, the, the, I have a lot of bias that we'll find out later why I think this way. <laughs> I think the thing is the hype train for Persona 5 was so strong yeah. that like I was just like, just like obsessed with it when it came out. Because, I mean, it does have one of the greatest video game soundtracks of all time. Like oh, Persona yeah. 5 in general. Persona music in general always mm-hmm. has amazing music. But I adored 5 at the time. And, I mean, I still do like the characters. Honestly, my, the, my, my problem with 5 is why I lowered is I haven't really gotten back to it yeah unlike another game where you go back every year yeah. at least once and honestly i really should i just don't have the time right now and i'm not gonna have the time any for a bit yeah but yeah, five, persona 5 i'd probably lower this one a bit yeah i'd probably put it behind definitely behind th- i'd probably put this at so if, if dragoon's now at 20 mm-hmm. and grace is at 19 i'd probably put persona 5 at around 18 ish oh, okay and yeah, and probably I just have, I'll figure this out later at the end. But oh, okay, Persona Five. Are yeah, you're gonna do like an updated. Maybe post? I'll I'll take a look. That would be fun to do. Be like you know. Maybe a Twitter maybe post around, or something. Like, maybe around the podcast, you do like an update when the podcast comes out. Do an hmm. update. Um, maybe I'll see. Cool. So now moving on. Okay, so this one is another classic. Um, number fourteen is Skies of Arcadia. Ooh, Dreamcast. Other known as the definitive Dreamcast RPG. Mm. Depending on how much of a Grandia fan you are, but um, yep. So Skies of Arcadia is one of those like amazing just RPGs that's so unique because it's literally Sky Pirates. Honestly, you'd oh. probably kind of like you'd probably like Skies of Arcadia. And one of these days, like when we have uh, more on that later, but at some point I'll get you, I'll get you <laughs> into like future future. I'll give you a shot at trying it because it is a really. Interesting. It's like cool because it's like Sky Pirates and it's got like a fun turn-based turn story. Are you story. just assuming that I like all things pirates? Well, you kind I of like One Piece. You kind of do. No, I don't. Not <laughs> everything pirate. You like anime and you like pirates. I no, I like One Piece, which is an anime about pirates. But it's not like I want to open up a pirate bar or something <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of a popular populated city, a corporate city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a reference right there. Yeah, we love Bar Rescue. <laughs> but um, Skies of Arcadia. Well, it's another unfortunate game that's just super. Unfortunately, with a lot of these, these are super expensive games nowadays. Yeah. Also, being on the Dreamcast. Mm. Well, to be a fair, this, that not many people have. To be fair, this game later got a um, a GameCube uh, re-release, oh, which is okay. equally as expensive. Ah. Uh, well. 
when it's that good, it's that expensive. Hmm. But also, sometimes when they're that garbage, they're that expensive, too. True. <laughs> um, Skies of Arcadia, I'd say, is probably pretty good, though. Hmm. I'd keep it around the, 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 the top 15 of like 11 range I'd so have you're to... comfortable in the spot it's currently in or yeah. at least the spot range it's currently around in. it's it's good currently around where it is i'd have to put together an update at yeah. some point i think you should i think that would be interesting to see okay now here's the next one is an interesting one because this is another game that probably oh, most people have not Sega Saturn. Wow. so number 13 is albert odyssey legend of elin or mm-hmm. eldine albert eldine whatever um so the Saturn was fascinating because, in America, anyways, it didn't get a lot of great like turn-based RPGs. Mm-hmm. Most of the ones it did get were, they were very early in the system's life. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, ninety well, actually ninety six was pretty middle of its life to be honest. But I was born. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's. So Albert Odyssey is an interesting one because it's like one of the good, the only like traditional RPGs that actually came out in America. Yeah. Uh, work. It was brought over by Working Designs, although the game is a Sunsoft game. Um, it's a fun. It's a fun turn-based RPG. It's very old school. Like it's not like, other than like the really pretty Saturn era graphics. Like the game itself isn't anything to like groundbreaking to write home about mm-hmm. but just as like a solid rpg for what it is like heavily anime inspired like um fun story good combat mm. it's fun for what it is it's very solid unfortunately it's also very expensive these days because yeah. saturn games in general are just expensive so does that mean you're thinking about taking it off this list no it would stay on the, it would or... stay on the list oh, okay honestly it's probably good where it is maybe i'd put it below skies of arcadia mm-hmm because I have kind of a Saturn bias, and I think my Saturn bias is why it's higher why than... Why it's higher? Honestly, I'd probably put it around 15-ish now that I think 15. about it. Okay. But moving on now. Okay, so now here's another classic. Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story for the yeah. Nintendo DS 2009. Wow. Over 10 years ago. That's crazy. I can't believe how old it is. Mm. Especially considering the remake only came out like a, a year ago or so. The, the horrible failed remake. It's not a bad game. It's just no, no, no. But the horrible so unnecessary. failed. So, the Mario and Luigi. So this is probably the only. I believe. Yeah, I want to say this is the only Mario and Luigi Mario RPG in general on this list. So mm-hmm. there's probably no Paper Mario or Mario RPG itself. Mm-hmm. Um. So I was torn between Bowser's Inside Story and. Superstar Saga, the first game in the series, because they are both amazing uh, turn-based RPGs. I gave the nod to Bowser's Inside Story just because I have more, I have a lot more like nostalgia for that game because I missed Superstar Saga initially when it came out. I played it after the fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bowser's Inside Story was like I got it day one and I I played the ever like loving hell out of it. Yeah, like that was one of my I never put it down. Hmm. Uh, no, I remember games. always watching you play it. Like, oh, yeah. I'd creep over your shoulder and be like, what you playing, what you playing? Well, it's and, such a solid game, great music. The, the, the Mario and Luigi combat alone is amazing. Like, mm-hmm. the uh, memorization, like, uh, boss battle, the two character controls. Yeah. The whole fact that you can theoretically, like, never take a hit. Yeah. Um, depending on how uh, good you are at the game. Yeah. It's just one of those, like, solid designs. And, like, honestly, I'd probably bump this one up maybe, like, one or two places mm. uh it's i'd have to look at what's coming up ahead because mm. honestly i i adore this game probably more than i really should mm-hmm. 
but yeah, definitely worth picking up. I will recommend the DS version over the 3DS version, just because the 3DS version doesn't add anything, and it really plays worse, ironically. Huh. That's <laughs> even, funny. even if it has slightly prettier graphics. Wow. And finally, moving on to the final part of the top um, 11, I guess, well, for 11, 20 through 11. Yep. Final Fantasy VI. So I, 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 this is the one I forgot about. Yes. Vinyl, I love Final Fantasy VI. Like, 94. Wow. Yeah. I have to ask. I'm looking at that price tag on the box that you have. Is that the current going price for this game? So the Japanese version, sure. Oh, oh so you have the Japanese version. So in the picture and the thing, I, I'm holding the Japanese cart. Well, the cartridge al- alone is the American one. That's why it says Final Fantasy III on it. Yep. That's actually a Japanese import. I got it Retro World. Oh. Because um, I love... Final Fantasy VI has a be- beautiful artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a Japanese copy of VI. Yeah. And for $35, yeah, I'd say a, a complete copy of VI. That's what it goes for. Oh, the okay. American cartridge is more, a lot more up there. Oh, okay. I'd have to double check where it's at. But yeah. it's definitely a more on the expensive side. Definitely expensive. So VI was a very late Super Nintendo RPG. It's probably one of the... So there is a... So here's the thing about the Super Nintendo. There was so many amazing... RPGs on RPGs there. on the Super Nintendo, especially very late towards the end of its lifespan. Mm-hmm. And 6 was one of the final like RPGs to come out on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. And it's one of the best. Mm-hmm. Like, it straight up just pushed that system to the max. Yeah. Like, in a lot of ways, like, in terms of its, like, soundtrack... It's character sprites that look phenomenal. It it has a very unique like storyline where there is really no, there's no real main character in the game. Like the game has a lot of characters and most of them are really f- well fleshed out. There's yeah. a few exceptions that aren't, but th- there's a lot of characters yeah, in general. Yeah. So, but it's cool because there's really well retroactively the character Terra has become kind of the centerpiece character of this of the game. Like when it comes to like outside works, mm-hmm. when you actually play the game, there really isn't a central like character that like dominates the plot yeah which is a very unique for the time and it's actually got one of the best villains in like rpg history because he actually succeeds in his plan and destroys the world oh damn like and then there's a time skip and you're in like the world like the destroyed planet after Mm -hmm. that which is a really cool like twist yeah and the great soundtrack i'm sure when you were playing that and you were like what the heck like i just lost well (laughs) i played it a lot many years after it came out because 94 we weren't alive yet oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah shit So, but so it wasn't as shocking as it probably was back then. Yep. But the battle system is great too, even though it's broken as shit. You can rip it. You can break it in half over your knee if you know what you're doing. And this was like um, the last one on the Nintendo yes. consoles before it switched. This to was the last one before seven. That's why it was it was technically released as three originally because mm-hmm. we only got one. Yep. Then they skipped two and well when one came out over here two and three were already out in japan so they weren't going to bother to waste time localizing two and three Mm -hmm. so when four came out over here they just named it two yeah and then five was originally supposed to come out as three but five was considered too hard for americans at the time yeah so they canceled five and then just went to to six and that's six three that's so weird but then it but then the funny part is when seven came out they decided this is getting too confusing just call it seven Seven. (laughs) so for a while it went it went one, two, three, seven. Yeah. Before they finally started releasing all the other games, like, because mm-hmm. eventually we did get one. We got one. We got a. We got two within the Origins collection for PlayStation, which was a remake of one and two. Yeah. We got five. 
in the Final Fantasy Anthology Collection, which contained <laughs> five and six. Plus, there was the GBA releases. Uh, we yeah. didn't get three though till like two thousand six, and with the with the remake, and we didn't get an official version of uh, Classic Three until the Pixel remasters only a year ago. Wow. Yeah, but um, before we move on to the to the top ten countdown, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. So continuing on, um, I didn't mention it. Uh, six, I'd probably keep around where it is, uh, around oh, eleven, yeah. just because I could already tell the, uh, the where we're getting with the top ten. So moving on now, number ten, we get the sole Pokemon title in this entire list. Oh wow! Pokemon Emerald. Ooh. Uh, just to get it off the bat, I'd probably lower this one a bit. Oh really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> not because I don't like it, just because blah, I, I feel blah, like there's other blah. RPGs that. I felt like I just had to put a Pokemon up high for some reason. And Pokemon Emerald, by far, is my favorite Pokemon game of all time. It's also, like, the first one I really played, played. Yep. anything, like, significantly far into. It's yep. amazing. That was 2004, too. Yeah. Crazy how it's almost 20 years ago. Crazy. We're getting, oh, my God. We're getting yeah. close to that. Who's <laughs> um, so uh, I love the Hoenn region. I'm, like, I'm a, I'm a strong Gen 3, like, apologist i guess yep. you could say um i do adore pokemon emerald i'd say um is it the best way to play gen 3 now i'm not sure because the remakes are really good as well mm. but i just prefer that sprite style overall yeah and i love i loved i love ho and i love exploring it i love the two-sided uh team yep. dynamic i like i like the surfing i don't care what anyone says i, I like the way the region's laid out I like how you can go underwater at times. Mm. So at t- I'd probably lower it around the 15 area. Okay. Because there's probably something I'd like to move up. Yeah. I'd have to figure it out, honestly. But, um, mm. yeah, Pokemon Emerald's definitely deserving to be on the list. Yeah, but just not in the top Not as ten. high. It's probably not a top tenner. Would you consider putting a different Pokemon game? Or no, no. This is really the only one I'd put on the list. Okay. Arceus, not feeling? No. <laughs> I haven't played enough of it yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, um... Is that considered an RPG? Yeah, it's still an RPG. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. Okay, so now moving on, now we have Chrono Trigger at number nine. Does this have an anime as well? Mm, there's anime cutscenes in the PlayStation and DS version. I'm sure version. there's an anime for this. I'd have to look. I don't think there is. Uh, it, well, I mean, it, it uses Akira Toriyama's art, so that might mm. be why you're confused. Oh, maybe. It's very Dragon Quest-esque as well. Oh, okay. So this right here was a very late Super <laughs> Nintendo game. Uh, Chrono Trigger. So yeah, Chrono Trigger is definitely, in my opinion, better than 6. Oh, there is an OVA. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Chrono Trigger is like one of the latest um, RPGs to release for the Super Nintendo. Because that was 95, the year I was born. Wow. Uh, I'm about as old as Chrono Trigger. <laughs> I wasn't in existence. Dun, dun. 
So Chrono Trigger is a fun game. It's got a cool time travel-esque plot. Mm -hmm. uh, it actually has, interestingly enough, the story... The art was done by Akira Toriyama, obviously of Dragon Ball and Dragon Quest fame. Yep. Uh, they also had Dragon Quest... Uh, the main Dragon Quest writer, um, Yuji Hori, contributed to the story somewhat. Um, the, the composer... I forget his name off the top of my head right now, but the, the music in uh, Chrono Trigger is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. The only thing that sucks about Chrono Trigger is it is so freaking expensive these days. I was going to say, um, I'm assuming that the price sticker is not accurate to the current no. price of it. No. I got my copy of Chrono Trigger I got back in 2012. Okay. Right before I graduated when I was working co-op, so I had some disposable income. Yeah, so you had $100. Yeah. $100. That was, at the time I got Chrono Trigger, that was the most expensive game I had ever purchased. Wow. So what's the current value? Uh, it fluctuates. I've seen it going for like around two hundred to like three hundred just for the card, the box. Jesus, I don't even. Five hundred, six hundred. I couldn't tell 1, you. It's it's up there. Wow. Um. Yeah. So Chrono Trigger. I love this game. It's definitely worthy of the top nine, top ten. That's for sure. Maybe I'd put it a little higher. I have to oh, see what okay. comes next. My thing with Chrono Trigger is it's one of those games though that you really have to be in the mood for. Yeah. Because I love the game, but I can't. Uh, sometimes so you can't like pick it up if you are not ready to play it. Sometimes a super Super Nintendo RPGs are just a lot harder to pick it's up. Not sometimes like Stardew Valley, where you can just play it anytime, anywhere, any day. Well, <laughs> there's a lot to Chrono Trigger's story. No, yeah, I'm just goofing. But anyways, now moving to number eight. Okay, so here's the other Fire Emblem. So Fire Emblem Awakening. Yep. Um, so the reason why Awakening is so high, so just a say it now i'd swap awakening in three houses oh okay um so awakening is so high because at the time i made this list i had not gotten very far into three houses yet i, I got far enough to know i like the game mm -hmm. a lot now fire emblem awakening is the game that got me into fire emblem as a whole mm -hmm. like i really really liked fire emblem at yep. the time of its release um because it was I put over, like, 200 hours into Fire Emblem yeah. on my 3DS. Um, I just I wanted to unlock every, like, story, like, interaction, all the character different, um, the character supports. Because mm -hmm. um, the game has a lot of different options you can do because it has a, di like, relationship value system. Yeah. Um, and I just like the combat. It was really smooth, fun to play. It basically saved the franchise and was, like, one of the key games of the 3ds at the time yeah 2012 damn this game's over 10 years old now oh my goodness that's nuts that's crazy well it's crazy to me that like i like in my mind it feels like the 3ds hasn't been out for that that wasn't out for that long and also like the switch but then i look back and i'm like the switch has been out for a while yeah now. switch came out 2017 i know <laughs> it's, it's, it's getting up it's almost on it's on its fifth year i think yeah it's it's just crazy to me to think like how old like mm. that was crazy but yeah, so Fire Emblem Awakening, I love this game, but I'd swap it with Three Houses, because oh. I, I just, uh, Three Houses hit, hit so right. Yeah. Like in the, that just like sweet spot in my uh, taste. <laughs> but moving on now. Okay, so number seven, Dragon Quest IV. Yep. Um, I specifically listed the 3D, I mean the DS version. Because the original NES version is a bit dated. Yeah. So the DS version came out in 07, and this was like the 
the second version of this game we got because we did actually get the original nes version we never got the awesome playstation port unfortunately yep even though it was intended to come out over here uh dragon quest 4 though so dragon quest games are really fun like they're classic turn-based rpgs yeah the problem i have with um the series though is i feel like they all kind of blend together at points to me because they all do have the same art style um the same basic design like they haven't gone super character tropes are pretty similar a a bit they have the same writing style because they've had the series has had the same writer artist and composer its entire run okay like which is which is impressive in, in hindsight um so I like all the games in the series, but four is the one that really stuck with me because I love the the chapters of the chosen like storyline, oh, okay. where the games split into these different chapters where you play as different uh, characters and you get their full kind of like backstory like built up and yep. like you you get really attached to them as you play as them, and then they all meet together in like by like the fourth or fifth or sixth chapter and then you yep. you have this big party and then the whole story kind of ties together. And it has just a cool, like, the cast is really cool. The battle system isn't too complicated. Um, it doesn't have a job system, which is... Sometimes you enjoy a job system, other times you don't so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally adore this game, though, for its simplicity and just, like... Um, mm-hmm. It's simplicity, yet fun, like, overall, like, structure. Yeah. Um, I will admit, though, I do... Playing the games, I do enjoy, like, Dragon Quest... Eight, a good amount. I like Dragon Quest Eleven also a good amount, but I still would probably put four as my favorite in the series. Mm-hmm. Seven, I think it's good where it is. Okay. I'd keep it at seven. Nice. Um, it, it, honestly, if I was going to recommend a Dragon Quest to anyone, I always say four. Okay. Even if unfortunately the only way to play four is on the DS, and the con- I, it's not the easiest game to. It's not super expensive, but it's definitely not the easiest game to come by. Oh, okay. Now, moving on to number six. Okay, Ooh, so this Genesis. is... Yeah, th- this game right here. Fantasy Star 4. This is by far the best RPG on the Genesis. Oh, wow. Um, it's also getting a boxed copy like this is very expensive. But thankfully, it was included on that Sega Gen- the Sega Genesis... Um, the Sega Genesis uh, thing on uh, Switch. Oh, okay, cool. It's one of the games on there, which is great. So, Fantasy Star... So, the Genesis was always behind the super nintendo in a lot of ways yeah particularly like rpgs like because super nintendo had i mean just to name a few final fantasy 6 final fantasy 4 yeah. chrono trigger earthbound <laughs> mario rpg yeah lufia 1 and 2 breath of fire 1 and 2 the list goes on yeah. uh soul blazer yep illusion of gaia terra enigma i think it's called a ton of rpgs yeah dragon quest Four, five, no, Dragon's five, six, a whole bunch of Shin Megami Tensei. The list goes on. Yes, on and on. The the Genesis, on the other hand, so the problem is, Nintendo had so many studios <laughs> helping them out at the time, like SquareSoft, Capcom, <laughs> all these different companies. Hic- hiccups are back, by the way. I'm um, sorry. Sega, on the other hand, had to make most of their games in house, which is honestly how the genesis was like helped a lot of the times they had so many great in-house studios Mm -hmm. and the fantasy star series was probably their answer to final fantasy yep and final uh, fantasy star 4 is like up there with like some of the best rpgs from the uh era at the time Mm -hmm. and i love its story because it ties together the whole original fantasy fantasy star plot line before we got to um 
the uh, online games. And it has phenomenal graphics, a really great soundtrack using the um, using the Genesis sound card, especially. Um, it also was really cool because it had like manga style like uh, cutscenes and like backdrops that would pop up, and it was really like impressive for the time. And there was a lot of shocking story elements mm-hmm. that like games like Final Fantasy VII get praised for that aren't it isn't super that aren't actually that original. Yeah. In hindsight. Uh, the only thing about Fantasy Star 4 is probably just the fact that it's not the most accessible game out there, and it is a bit... It is an older RPG. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it came out in 93, technically, but the game itself didn't come out in America until, like, 95, I want to say. Because mm-hmm. it was a very late Genesis RPG. Mm-hmm. But anyways, now moving on, we get to the final home stretch. Now, this is probably... I will say, going forward, I, I'll keep Fantasy Star... Four at six because I do. As much as I like the game, if I, I can say for a fact the top five aren't going to change. Okay. So moving on now, we get to number five, Sui Code in two. Hmm. Now Sui Code in two, this is a very expensive game as well. How much did you pay for it? So this was my flea market story where I kind of scared the guy selling it and he gave it to me for like really underpriced. Because <laughs> I kind of, he was like, I was walking past the booth and I overheard him say, I got a copy of Sui Code in 2 in. And I literally like ran up oh, and yeah, was like, was, was like, how much? And he like didn't know what to do. So he just offered, like, he was like, uh, 60 and I was like, sold. And I yeah. made off with it. Wow. How much do you think it would be worth right now? It's in that $200 range wow. from what I've seen. So you got it for a good deal. Yeah, I did at the time. Very, All right, Very kids, good deal. Remember. At the flea market, if you be, want a good deal, be aggressive. Scare the crap out of the flea market person and look up. <laughs> no, don't actually do that. Well, mm. Bill didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> no, I was just I heard it. And I got. He I was like, I was like Sui Code in two. How much? Um. But yeah, so Sui Code in two. This was a later PlayStation game, like '98. Um, and it kind of got overshadowed initially because it still used, like, sprite graphics at a time when everyone was using, like, the 3D models and pre-renders. Mm-hmm. But the story itself and the gameplay is so solid and, like, deep. Like, the story's got this really big, like, sociopolitical, like, storyline that's, like, really... It's, like, very very deep for, like, an, R- an RPG, which probably a lot of kids were attracted to at the time. Mm-hmm. And honestly, there's just so much to do in this game. It's so hard to explain it without, like, actually, like, playing it, like, playing it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of, like, character interactions, and, like, you can very much miss certain things if you don't play the game exactly the right way. Yeah. I, I love this game. It's so hard because it's... The problem with this top five is a lot of these games are not easy to come by. Oh, yeah. Um, or they are expensive. I know some... <laughs> I know some people think would say number five is a bit low. Mm-hmm. And while I agree that it's def- arguably this game is better than at least one of the games in my top five, mm-hmm. I-, I can't help but admit like it, it, five, five is as high as I can get it on the list mm. right now. Now moving on. Okay, th- this is the controversial one. Dun, dun, dun. So at number four, I have Final Fantasy VIII. Yep. Put your pitchforks down. Um, <laughs> All right, guys. Put the torches away. Pitchforks down. Don't so, hurt this boy, okay? He has his own opinions. Let him have them. <laughs> by all regards, Final Fantasy VIII probably doesn't, wouldn't belong on the list, period. 
Oh, really? Well, okay, so Final Fantasy VIII... You lied. You said your top five wouldn't change. It won't change, because I love... Here's my reasoning. Final Fantasy VIII was my first RPG I ever played. Oh, All because okay. I was a dumb kid who mixed up seven and eight Roman numerals. Yep. <laughs> as, as a child and got eight instead. And you know what? I, in hindsight, yeah, eight is an incredibly flawed game with a very confusing story for the time and gameplay that takes a lot of time to get into and a very, very slow start. Mm-hmm. But it does have by far the best Final Fantasy soundtrack ever made. I'm not even sure if that's a hot take anymore. I think it's kind of unanimously... A lot of people have just kind of accepted that 8 is by far has by far one of the best soundtracks in Final Fantasy history. Yep. The graphics are phenomenal for PlayStation standards. Yeah, the main character is a bit hard to relate to, and he's not the most likable character out there, but I like the characters. I do enjoy the plot twist in the story that happens later on. Mm-hmm. The junction system is stupid, but kind of compelling once you figure it out. Um, and I like the more modern like take. Yeah, it's, not, it's probably the least fantasy of the Final Fantasy series when you really look at it. Mm-hmm. But there's just something about 8 that, like, attracts me to it like i'm just i have a very hard time like disliking this game i guess you could say so that's why eight is that eight is at four just because uh, honestly people will probably kill me for putting it (laughs) putting it higher than like seven well not seven oh okay then sui coden yeah but but it has a special place in your heart yeah it's, it's pure this this position is purely nostalgia based yeah if you didn't play this game it it, you might not have found a lot of other RPGs. Yeah. I mean, this game did take me years to beat, but... <laughs> but anyways, now moving on. So number three, Lunar 2 Eternal Blue Complete. Mm. Uh, for the PlayStation 1. The PlayStation. Um, so, honestly, the Sega CD version is probably the better version of the game, but I have a lot of nostalgia for, this, for the PS1 version, mostly just because... Of how I acquired it, because you remember we found it at that random retro game store that appeared at the uh, the mall in our hometown. Yep. And I walked in, and like it was mostly kind of just random junk. There was a couple rares here and there, but they had Lunar Two just chilling on the shelf in the back, and I was like, "What is that?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Can I look at that?" And he pulls it off the shelf, and it's in this giant box, and I was like, "The heck is this?" Yeah. And at the time, they only it was only going for like a hundred and twenty. Yeah. So I said. Okay, I'll give I'm it a sold. shot. I'll give it a shot. And I bought it and I played it and I just fell in love with it. I love the story. I love the characters. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of bummed that it only got one remake and it's kind of been like overshadowed by its predecessor in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the main characters. I love like Lucia and Hero. I love, yeah, the, the main hero's name is Hero in the game. Oh, really? Yeah. I like the combat system. It's got a really cool turn-based system. The sprites are fun. The soundtrack's great. Uh, a lot of voice acting. A lot of uh, cuts, like anime cutscenes and stuff. Mm. The big box, like working designs, translation. I love. Yep. There's just so many things I, I adore about this. You remember when I saw the uh, the Lucia cosplayer at um, Anime yeah. Boston? And I thought it was like the greatest thing ever. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, someone actually like knows what Lunar Two is. <laughs> I, I absolutely, absolutely adore Lunar Lunar uh, Two. Yeah. And it's. It, it's at three just because the two games ahead of it, I just love that much more. Mm. Now, moving on, once again, now we get to number two, Tales of the Abyss. So this was the other Tales entry I have on the series. 
mm-hmm. on this list. Um, and this is by far my favorite Tales game of all time. Oh, nice. So the sto- my story with Tales of the Abyss is everybody... I knew a bunch of friends who had GameCubes, and a couple of them had Tales of Symphonia, mm-hmm. which was the one on the GameCube. And the, I saw them playing it, and I thought it looked really cool for the time, like the yeah. whole multiplayer-style like combat, just the anime-esque graphics, the yeah. uh, the fun music, the just the cool like world-exploring and stuff. Uh, the skits I liked in particular, the whole like so mm-hmm. the, the whole socialization aspect, like yep. to get more character building. So, as a PS2 kid, I kind of had to like look and see what there was, and I actually at the GameStop I noticed that there was two Tales games on the PS2. Oh, cool! Released in America, anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- there was Tales of Legendia and Tales of the Abyss. Yep. I picked Abyss because I uh, something about Legendia's cover kind of was off putting to me. And in hindsight, I made the right choice because Legendia is like the black sheep of the series yep. in a lot of ways. Uh, it's not a bad game, but it's very... It's unique, I will say. If we ever do like a Tales retrospective episode, I'll get into that further. Okay. But Tales of the Abyss. Tales of the Abyss. So this game by far has my favorite Tales story of all time. Like I love... Yeah, the character main character Luke is kind of a piece of piece of work in the first part of the game. <laughs> he's a very difficult. He's like Squall, but worse because he has a voice. Yep. But oh no. I love the side characters because the side characters are like super like complex as well. And like Luke's story is really interesting. The farther you get into the game, where you kind of learn. I won't spoil anything because it is actually a, a, an interesting plot twist. Mm-hmm. But you you learn a lot of why Luke's the way he is for a lot of specific reasons, and the game has. So a lot of RPGs also have, like, romance subplots, and the, the one yeah. in Tales of the Abyss is very well done. Okay. Ironically, all of the top... All of my uh, my top five actually have pretty strong romance subplots huh. when you really think about it. But uh, I love Tales of the Abysses because it's very subtle and it's very gradual and it's not in your face the entire yeah. game. Hmm. And it's very competent. The ending is kind of... It, the ending leaves a lot of a lot of it up in the air, and it even had an anime adaption, even though the anime was never dubbed. Oh, Huh, interesting. Um, definitely my favorite Tales game by far. It also got a 3DS release. Oh. Which is how I origin- how I played it the second time around. Huh. Do you prefer the... I'm assuming you prefer the PlayStation The PS2 3DS. version looks better because of the higher resolution on the screen. Yep. And the less, like, screen crunch. But the 3DS version runs a little better because the 3DS is oh, more powerful okay. than the PS2. So what would you recommend then? They're both fine. Oh, okay. I, for nostalgia's sake, I like a bigger screen, so I yeah. prefer the PS2, but the 3DS version's fine. Okay. Three. I'm not sure which one would be cheaper, honestly, at this point. Mm. All right, and then, okay, it, this one isn't a surprise to <laughs> anybody. N- number one is Persona 4 Golden. Yeah. I don't know how many times I can go on and on about how much I love Persona 4 Golden. Yeah. It's just one. We've done a whole podcast on it. We've done two podcasts talking about Persona. We did yeah. one that was dedicated just to Persona. Yeah. <sighs> I, I fucking adore this game. Yeah. It's got... I love the murder mystery plot. I love the fact that the it's a murder mystery with, like, the happiest, like, overall, like, tone in, yeah. in general. I love every single character. I love the main character. All the party members. Teddy. <laughs> Teddy's great. Teddy. I love the twist. <laughs> I won't spoil it, but I love the twist. Oh, yeah. Even though we've spoiled it already on our other podcast. Yeah. 
but, but don't listen to that one. Listen to this one. Well, listen to this one, play, play the, game, the game, and then, and listen, then to listen to it. <laughs> no, but I adore everything about Persona 4 Golden. Yep. Like, Golden is just, it, it was literally the reason to own a Vita for the longest time. Oh, yeah. And heck, I mean, it, now that it's on PC, even more people can enjoy it. And hell, it's even, I mean, it, I doubt it, it, it hasn't been announced yet, but I've heard rumors about a Switch port that I really like. Mm, I think that would be awesome. That would be great. I'd buy it. I'd buy it for a fourth time. Yeah. <laughs> I've bought this game many times yep. over the years. Uh, but 2012, this game is already 10 years old. Oh and I mean, God. hell, the um, the PlayStation original is, God, like, at least 15 years old, I think. Wow. It was like 2008 when that Crazy. came out. Crazy. Uh, such a good RPG, though. Like, yeah. d- definitive number one, so... And honestly, I feel like, um, as someone who had never, who o- whose only really RPG experience was, like, Pokemon, I was able to pick it up pretty quickly when I started playing oh, it. Oh, it's such Vita. an easy, I mean, it's a hard game, but oh, it's yeah. it, very easy to pick up and it's figure out. Very, It was very simple to pick up and figure out. And Plus, you so love many... those social sim games, so you, could, you really adored the... The socialization aspect of Persona 4. My only negative is that you can't pick Yosuke as your love interest. That's my only negative. <laughs> I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that might have been dummied out. I'm not sure, though. <laughs> but um, I love Persona 4. I yeah. can't say it enough. Me too. So I guess now to wrap this up like around, ranking-wise now, I definitely... So 5 through 1 are all the same. Okay. Uh, and then going back, six is I'd keep six the same. Yep. Dragon Quest four I'd keep there. Uh, Fire Emblem Awakening switch with three houses I'd keep three houses at eight. Yep. Chrono Trigger I'd keep at nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd push Pokemon Emerald back a little, and I believe I would I'd move six up to ten. I'd move I'd say I'd move six up to ten. Bowser's Inside Story I'd move up to eleven. Yep. I'd probably put Skies of Arcadia at 12. Yep. And then Pokemon Emerald, I'd probably put at 13. Oh, and, move, okay. and move Albert Odyssey to 14. Oh, okay. And I'd probably leave Persona 5 where it is, at 15. Alright. Now, going to the back to the, the 15s. So, like I said, I'd probably move Legendary Dragoon to 20. Yep. I'd push um, Graces up to 19. Uh, 18, I'd put Fire Emblem Awakening at. Yep. So, 17... 17's the interesting one. I'd leave blank for a minute. Uh, and I'd put Kodelka at um, 16. Oh, okay. Now, because I, I took 7 off the list. The question now is, what would I put in its place? Hmm... And this is where it gets interesting, because I've played a lot of RPGs since. Yeah. And it's very difficult to say my opinion, because I've played a lot of modern RPGs lately mm. as well. And I kind of, like, I want to, like... So maybe instead I'd move everything up and I'd leave 20 open. Yeah. Like what, smart. what would I put at 20? That's the real question here. Because mm. I've played a ton of RPGs on the PlayStation. I've played a ton of PS2 RPGs, PS3 RPGs even. Yeah. Hell, even PS4. Yeah. But this leaves kind of the conundrum. What to put, <laughs> what to put here? What to put here? And honestly, I'd like to say... Hmm. Should I drum roll? 
No, because you, you're putting way too much pressure on me because I have literally <laughs> no idea. Because I like, I mean, Brave, Bravely Default series is up there. Mm. Is the one I, I'd, I'd consider. Uh, tr- Octopath Traveler, I really en- enjoyed. Yeah, it's hard to say. It really is hard to say. Oh, I mean, the Legend of Heroes series, the Yis series I love. There's there's a lot I'd have to... I'd have to contemplate, so I'm gonna have to leave twenty open, and maybe I'll have to do a re, a reevaluated list yeah. sometime in the future. I think you should. I think it would be interesting to look at. I mean, not a lot of the list changed, and most of the things just kind of shifted around a bit. I mean, hell, the top, I think the top nine are basically the same. Yeah. For the most part. Minus like a couple of minor things. Well, no, I swear. Yeah, other than like Fire Emblem Awakening, so the top seven are the same. That right. is that is a, a fact. Hmm. But yeah, pretty pretty cool to look back at this one. Yeah. Definitely kind of something to thought, a little thought-provoking, I'd say. Yeah. But anyways, guys, I'm kind of actually curious. Maybe in the future we could do another, like, countdown list or, or like, have you do your favorites of a something list. Yeah, I think that would be fun. And we'll come and talk about it again. But anyways, once again, guys, thanks for joining us on the Gaming and Collecting Podcast. The Gaming and Collecting Podcast can be found on all your major podcasting platforms, particularly Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and we are made using Anchor Podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, as well as Good Pods. And the episodes eventually do come out on YouTube. It all depends on however long it takes me to edit the video files. Yeah. But anyways, guys, once again, thanks for joining us on the Gaming and Collecting Podcast, and we will see you all next time.